Hello, I'm Mike Gurley, author of the Sensitive Slut Substack and podcast. I'm a retired WeHo gay exploring the correlation between sex and meaning, probing the opportunities our sexual playgrounds give us for contentment, community, and family. You can find me at mikegurley.substack.com. That's M-I-K-E-G-E-R-L-E dot substack.com. Today's reading is a gay sex ed you didn't get in high school piece on cruising. Battlefield Awareness, Finding Focus in Sexual Playgrounds, Harnessing the Chaos is Key to Getting Laid. I blink and you've hooked up with someone, my husband says with his testosterone-fueled competitive voice. I get a wonderful turn-on when I see this side of my normally deferential, even-mannered, Vulcan-like boy. It's dangerously delicious. His full 42-year-old tall, masculine body radiates primal testosterone. Men turn me on, so seeing his, his testosterone-charged desire and vexed sexual frustration is intoxicating. It makes him sexually vibrant and desirable. I feel like a badass, and he confirms with his horny competitive frustration that we're still on the same page regarding our sexual desires and agreements. He's an ambitious, high achiever, a man who pursues measurable, quantifiable tools and protocols for reaching success. So my success, as he frames it, must be a simple matter of following some sort of playbook of which he is unaware. He doesn't want me to change my behavior. He doesn't want me to stop hooking up. He just wants me, he just wants to be better at it than me. So for him and all the other high achievers out there looking to sharpen their game, Here's what I know. Your mileage may vary. As I say quite often, we all have a, our own world experience based on our old own world view. This is what has worked for Mike Gurley. Here you go. Hone your battlefield awareness. That's a term we used to use in my day job when I was a special events coordinator for the city of West Hollywood. While babysitting gatherings like WeHo Gay Pride, Halloween, and the collection of Oscar parties held by Elton John, Vanity Fair, and HBO, all on the same night, we needed to know where to focus our attention. The same situational awareness translates into navigating crowded sexual playgrounds. It's an ability to focus an endless aggregate of variables into small, actionable list of choices. Now, as an aside... I'm uneasy applying the term battlefield awareness to our sexual playgrounds because I want our unique spaces to be a collaborative sexual playground, not a place where there are winners and losers. However, for the uninitiated, these gatherings feel like battlegrounds because of incursions on their personal space. Or they have an internalized sex-negative worldview that says, one sexual partner means forever means good, and many sexual partners means bad, or it's just the newness of the social culture for which they have yet to find a vocabulary. And, although relatively rare compared to the number of good players we have, we have bad players among us. For whatever reason, self-shame, a true toxic faucet idea of masculinity, or some other reason, they feel they need to grab what they want instead of negotiating it like a sensitive slut. My husband's remarks got me reflecting on how I handle myself in social sexual environments. What follows is a deconstruction of my modus operandi 
that has evolved over nearly four decades and countless visits to these spaces. The venues are public, buy a ticket, play parties, dance parties, kink events, and to some degree, public hunting grounds designed for non-sexual purposes like gem steam rooms or the dick deck on a gay cruise ship. First, reconnoiter, get the lay of the land. Even when I'm familiar with a venue, I like to walk the perimeter and get a feel for how many rooms there are, how big they are, how they're set up, ingress and egress, you know, getting in and out, and how they're being used. If it's a new venue, I'll do this before visiting the close check because I may not want to stay. Next is the guest inventory. Who's there? I put people into boxes. Yes. I make stuff up about the guys based on what I see and what my intuition tells me so the mob is more comprehensible. A dozen categories is easier to organize in my head than 200 to 2,000 individuals. Or, like Halloween, 80,000 individuals. Anyway, there's daddies and twinks, jacked muscle guys, athletic guys, porn stars, influencers, glitter divas, ethnic clumps, uh, full fetish and gear guys, sexual tourists, you know, the, the new or non-identified with sexual spaces guys. There's the it's all about the music guys, there's the look at me players, and there's mystery men that I can't even make stuff up about and label. Next is party favorites. Identify and name potential playmates. During the reconnoiter, I mentally tag my favorites. These are guys I plan on cruising to determine if we are both on each other's yes list. Nicknames are an easy way and fun way to keep track of a few men in a sea of potential partners. Nicknames I've used are Bandana Boy, Trucker Jesus, Equinox Jesus, Brillo Boy, Slutty Swarthy Guys, that was a couple, uh, Blackkin, Whitekin, Mr. Floppy, Almost Asian, Greyhound Boy, Gold Chain White Boy, Dog Catcher, Faded Dreads, Swarthy Baseball Hat, and Well-Preserved Daddy are all monikers I've assigned. So with a clear vibe, guest, and fashion assessment, it's easier to decide if I'm staying, if I'm going, if I'm going to dose, and if I'm wearing my booty shorts or just going to go ass out right away. Now armed with information and dressed for success, it's time to dive into the party. Consent. Consent can be sexy. It's about getting to yes. Does this feel good? Does this feel good? Does this feel good? Oh, no. Okay. How about this? Oh, yes. That's sexy. It occurs when somebody's actively encouraging what's being done to them as opposed to tolerating what's being done to them. Consent is not about manipulating men into play. It's about finding guys who are a match. We are all uniquely shaped puzzle pieces with grooves and knobby bits. Top, bottom, dom, sub, side, switches, mild, wild, exhibitionist, demure, sober, rolling, etc. Finding a perfect fit that occurs when complementary contours smoothly snap into place is what it's all about. Find it, don't force it. These sexual spaces are open to everyone, but no one is required to hook up with anybody. I'll say that again. These spaces are open to everybody, but no one's required to hook up with anybody. Sorting each other out requires communication, usually nonverbal, that involves asking and answering the question, would you like to get physical? It's a question appropriate for the venue. 
it's not easy, but being able to give and receive no gracefully is key to setting a proper vibe that will move you toward a guy you really click with, and it keeps the play party playful. As I said before, most of this communication is nonverbal. No or not now may be a glance, a look, having a back turned on you, or seeing them create distance from you. Those are all ways to communicate no. If it reaches the touching stage, no is moving a hand away or hearing, I'm good. So now let's talk about some specific ways to cruise. Cruising, making your move. The following approach is appropriate in just about any circumstance and unlikely to offend most gay men who are not closeted. In another post, I'll go deeper into what I know about cruising more specific types of men, such as daddies, doms, subs, trophy boys, racially different guys, I'm with my friends guys, tall and short guys. For now, here's the one size that fits most. I call it the horse approach. This is especially good for super hot guys and guys unsure how to set their own boundaries so they keep people at a distance. I'm stealing most of this from Morgan Freeman. When pressed about his success with women, he made this horse's analogy on CNN. There's a link on my Substack. Basically, you make it known you're available and let them check you out. These guys have a lot of experience having their boundaries ignored. They are unceremoniously touched, grabbed, clothing tugged on, and um, they have their conversations interrupted. They respond well to respect. These guys are usually in well-lit areas with room around them to move. On a dance floor, they're often within a group of guys making a huddle designed to limit access. Do not chase these guys. They don't like surprises. Don't stalk him from behind and grab him. Don't jump in uninvited with your funny story. You'll be on his no list for the rest of the night. Do this instead. Put yourself in his line of sight. If his back's to you, find a way to move around so that he can see you from a comfortable distance. And from a comfortable distance, square off with him. This means facing him straight on. You're face to face, chest to chest, crotch to crotch, at a comfortable distance. Let him make an assessment. Body language that catches his attention is a confident, calm, often dude-like attitude. See if he'll move to the music with you. Move the way he's moving. That creates rapport. That's what people in negotiating situations, people in therapy uh, want to do. Rapport can be done basically by mimicking somebody else's behavior. It creates, you know, that creates rapport, a sense that you're on the same wavelength. See if his eyes meet yours. Maintain eye contact with an even, friendly, curious expression. See see if his, his face is communicating anything with you. This next part is important. Don't make stuff up in your head. Your gut will tell you if he's interested. It may be a smile, a nod, or he might make it easy on you and move toward you. The night my husband made his remark, I noticed one of the guys on my yes list, a swarthy baseball cap guy, was dancing near near us as we chatted with friends. He was dancing with a guy, and we made eye, eye contact. He seemed interested, so I moved closer, squaring off with him, and seeing if he would dance with me from a distance about five feet. He didn't match my moves. He moved closer to his dance partner, but still looked at me. This told me, not now, so I continued to enjoy time with my friends. 
When I looked up and saw a swarthy baseball hat guy moving toward the dark room, I decided it was time to see what was going on in there. Since I'd checked out the room before it got busy, I knew how to scan it for a furry-faced man in a baseball hat. I found him sitting on a bank ad, watching one guy receive a furious blowjob from another. I got close, being sure not to crowd the scene. He looked up at me. I looked at him, at the action, and down at my crotch. He gave me an affirming nod, and that's how the blink happened. This is Mike Curley, and thank you for listening to The Sensitive Slut.